0: Welcome to episode 289 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright, guys, welcome on to episode
1: 289 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsome and Pivin James Isles. How are you going, mate? Good, today is not going to be I Am Talk show, it's going to be the cricket show. Oh, nice. <laughs> sure. We'll go to that later. Nice. No, let's just, hey, who won the cricket? Who won the cricket, Australia? Who won
0: the cricket? Who won the cricket, Australia? So, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? com. The tasty morsels in the smell, the fresh aroma. F-links.com. Um A place to tell everyone how great you
1: are. And extreme endurance. So
0: you can be extreme when you race. You know that one, John? On?
1: Go. You maybe, just... maybe the cricketers have been taking a bit of that bad boy maybe stuff. They have. Did you watch the game? I've uh, watched bits and pieces I
0: didn't watch any of it And then I looked on the internet With about 20 minutes to go mm. And I saw what was happening At the end It was pretty exciting sky- Did you see the finish? I did, yes Yeah, oh, well, I had to listen to it Because I don't have sky
1: But it was pretty interesting Watching and listening to the end of it For the people outside of New Zealand and Australia Who don't really care about cricket <laughs> The reason why we go on about it We haven't beaten Australia, Australia in uh, 1993 And it's the first time We've beaten them in Australia Since 1984 84, 84 yeah, yeah. So it's insane It's a big it's, victory It's
0: insane as well Because Australia Like, you know what The thing is They're so bloody great at cricket So for us to beat them in Australia. It's, it's, it was, it's and great. it was a pretty good comeback too. It was. Yeah, it looked exactly. like they had it wrapped up and
1: out of nowhere. We got it. We, we came out of nowhere and we smashed them. Man, it's headline news in New Zealand. It's the first story on the national oh, yeah. news, but all channels, it is the first story that comes up. the next up. five days. Yeah, so it's all good. But back to Ironman stuff. <laughs> okay, well, so we'll go. You keep talking about it quick because I haven't got my notes up, but here we go.
0: Again, okay, today's show we've got, what have we got? We've got uh, news, we've got discussion of the week,
1: we've got an age group of the week, we have an interview with Marilyn McDonald Because uh, a lot of you guys Are heading into winter And Marilyn is from Canada And she knows full well What it's like To try to train Through a Canadian winter Where you are Dedicated to being On the indoor trainer Each week So it's sort of about Go to workouts For the wind trainer And a bit of a discussion Around
0: that Nice we I mean, had Lots of good feedback On that as well didn't we, On Facebook And then we have John's history lesson. We've been in one of these A long time mate. Oh. What, what came out of there
1: Well Couldn't I, be more of Doing prep No I was Because uh, I thought I had a couple Of other things Lined up for the show And then this morning Last night I realised Oh that's not quite going to happen. So I had to come up with a few things. We just stuff up there because you're pretty organised. It's that oh, I just to stuff interviewing, up interviewing scheduling. And I, I, I had uh, a lot on the last week. So, but John's history is, and this is one I've wanted to do for a while. He's not our best friend of the show. Oh, he is. He will be after this show. He'll he will listen will to this. And this. Go, I, I wish I didn't pick
0: on those boys in Kona. But it's an important moment in our history of our sport. Okay, an important moment. A transition period, John, one That's would say. Okay, then well, let's have a look at A the, watershed the, moment. A watershed <laughs> moment, there you go. And this week's show, news. Let's have a look. There's a big piece of news, John. And John's not happy. Our good friends, WTC,
1: have dropped the ball, John. They have. So I, I just got that, this email through this morning from a guy that I coach uh, who's going over to race the Frankfurter Sparkies European Championships. Uh, is water, isn't it? I don't know. Um, oh, is it a bank? I think it's a bank. Okay, there was always f- banks. I think it's bank. They um, are in the world. It's <laughs> so Ironman Man Germany, basically in Frankfurt. This year, they've just decided to change the slots from 100 to 75 slots, Kona of slots, which is fine to do that. But everybody's already entered Yeah, yeah it's Probably more
0: the point is Not this year it's, They've changed it all re- Halfway through the year when, Once it's already sold
1: out Yeah So I mean uh, It's to, to get in line With Melbourne and New York They'll be the three Sort of um, Championship races And they're each Going to have a maximum Of 75 slots On their website They say it's you know, Sincere apologies They really The organisers of Ironman Germany didn't think it was going to happen this year um, and it's just been sprung on them and uh, it's happening so for guys that have planned their year and plan to go to Germany, uh, life just got a whole lot harder be- because Germany is a very hard race very fast, very high level of competition but there were a lot of slots and, well, 100's uh, huge isn't it, yeah. in comparison to other races so while you still had to be really good it actually wasn't, I don't believe the hardest place to get slots even though you think going to Germany, that's just stupid mm. I think it was... Uh, I suppose I the question the yeah. question is,
0: how much is slots, does it influence people going to these races? You know, like you know, like in Germany, because it's such an iconic race anyway, you know, how many other people entering are going, I'm there to get, to
1: get a slot, or is it, I'm going to Germany, it's great that they've got more slots? Well, I think it affects enough people for it to be a big deal. And the problem is, it's going to affect the people that are often the most vocal in our sport, you know, the really passionate ones that are maybe. Borderline qualifying, and uh, I know for the guy that I coach, Rob, who's going over there, you know, we looked at that race, thought, okay, you know, you've got a little bit of a chance of getting in there, yep. um, but now, you know, because he would be one of those guys who's right on the the borderline. If he has a great race, could be in the mix, but now, you know, that might be another. Two, two slots out of his age group that will disappear so it's going to make make it a lot harder so um, they have you know, have said you can transfer to any, any other non-sold out Ironman in uh, Europe or South Africa which I don't know if there's that many um, and you can do that under their new tra- race transfer policy or you can withdraw from the race and get a full refund so you feel for the guys in Germany um, because it you know, doesn't sound like uh, they knew this was coming so they didn't plan for it that well but it's it's not it's not a good look. It seems to be at the moment
0: with my um, WTC. What, what's happening is that they've they're looking at some decisions I've made in the past, and they have realise that hey, we're going to make some adjustments here, mm-hmm. and they're being quite dramatic in how they're making these adjustments. They're just kind of going, okay, well, like the you know the fifty one fifty series, yeah. Some of the races are cancelled there, and we had Andrew on. And we asked him about it, and he was kind of just saying, well, these races aren't doing it for us. We're moving on now. I don't know much about that, that situation. I don't know if they pulled them out a year before the race or was it quite close to the That's race? Pretty close. Okay, so so for me, it's kind of like sometimes. You've got to take a hit Yeah, you've got to take a hit Okay, you, you know Bad decision, you made a bad race Maybe you just to take a hit the first year I know it probably doesn't look good on the books But then you can go back the next year And say, look, we made a mistake Here's what we're doing moving forward And yeah. it seems as though they're looking, they're looking at some areas Where they're trying to make adjustments And they're just going Okay, let's do it now Which in some ways You can understand It helps them move forward But in some ways You've also got to look at the customer as well And in this mm. situation It does seem they've got a little bit wrong
1: because one, the main thing, as I was talking to Bevan before the show, was the issues they've got in Kona is um, it's a very crowded course anyway because you've got such a high standard, so there's big packs going through. But also one of the key issues they've got with regarding to having a bigger field there is the space they have for transition. It's on the pier, and uh, there's only X amount of space. and uh, So they can't just go, oh, we're going to decide to increase the size of the field to 2,500, which you could do at, say... And maybe do it, say, at Taupo, where you've got a, a lot more space for transition. Um, they just can't do that over there. So It is interesting. You
0: brought up a point that why wouldn't WTC invest in a bigger pier? Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure the local community in Kona wouldn't mind if, well, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it depends on the, you know, it gets all political then, but, you know, like, if, if it really is the pier, I don't know if that's the case, but if it is the pier is the thing that is restricting the growth of Kona. Put another 25 metres on the end. Yeah, like, surely, you know, like, a, sure, it costs a few million, but sure if they put a bit of money towards it, they could probably afford it. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. John. I'm thinking go. Okay, we had a race in New Zealand. with the half Ironman and Taupo, and uh, the record got broken. It got smashed. But to be honest, it doesn't remember me much because it's quite a new race.
1: Oh, yeah. If Karen Doe had the record. Um, Ten minutes. I, I think the, the fact that the record is, as you said, is not massively important, but... Color, um, Callum Millwood uh, took it out, and he just beat Cameron Brown. Um, and so you're probably going, oh, Brownie, oh, he's getting a bit past it. But it's actually quite a good performance for Brownie to be that close to Callum. It was uh, just came down to a handful seconds. I don't know much about Callum. He's a ITU, former ITU athlete. Uh, he won the... Um, Tauranga Half Ironman Man last year, once um, the other fella who, who ate the poppy seeds got, got DQ'd. Yep. Um, so it was good performance. I think so. There's that side of things saying Brownie, you know, he's looking pretty good. Uh, the pictures that I saw looked like it was a bit damp up there. Uh, but I think so. He's, he looks like he's on track. But I think the other interesting side of it is uh, to see Sam Warrener and Gina Ferguson. They've been up head to head two weeks in a row. Last So Gina Ferguson's making her comeback after having a baby. And last weekend, she did an Olympic distance race in New Zealand called the Tin Man and got. Really well spanked by Sam Warren By about five minutes over an Olympic distance yep. This week she backed it up in, uh, in Taupo and a half Ironman And got closer than that over double the distance So we know with Gina that the longer the race goes The better she gets And I think you know a lot of people in New Zealand Are going to question yeah, Well she's had a baby, she's had had the heart issues, is she going to be able to come back? And so I think she's tracking quite nicely for her sort of main comeback race, which would be Challenge Wanaka, which is really the next big iron distance race on the calendar. And, uh, yeah, Sam uh, Warren is still... I'd love makes. to get her on the show because there's not many
0: female athletes out there who are mums, you know, of that level... You know, I'm yeah. sure there are And you know, maybe I'm being naive in saying this But I'm sure there are some out there But not many that I know of to think of
1: right now Well we're going to be talking to Erin Baker on uh, Legends. Tomorrow night for Legends Triathlon And that's one of the areas I was going to talk to her about Because she certainly did carry on training And uh, racing at a very high level um, when, Once she'd had kids yeah, So we'll, we'll talk to her about that so that was uh, the only race we've had at the weekend. Well,
0: interesting comment. Cam Brown had a bit of a cheeky one. He said, well, you know, I'm actually pretty happy that I got that close to him. He's
1: a lot faster than me. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think uh, it's uh, Brownie, you know, every year people say he's going to be old, but he won last year, and I think he was in near record time, if not record time, in spanked Torrenzo. So, you know, I think he'll be uh, he'll be good and strong come race day. Colin is is he going to be... I think he'll be. I don't know if he'll make it over, over the iron distance race. I think he'll be much better suited to halves, and he'll do very, very well at halves. He was one of those guys on the ITU circuit, just not quite good enough. You know, not quite good enough in the swim. Um, sort of just below that first tier of um, Kiwi athletes. You know, that, that are consistently top twenty sort of on the World Champ Series. Yep. So, uh, name to watch out for on the seventy point three circuit, though.
0: Good times, rock and roll, John, Well, this weekend, or no, not really this weekend, over the next few weeks, when is it? It's like mid-Jan, isn't it?
1: Mid-January for the next uh, Iron Distance Face Challenge Monica. I will be down there. I need to get my A into G you not training. And do yet? some training, because last week was pretty much a write-off. Uh, what was last week? <laughs> Training wise, so it was just oh, right off. isn't. Oh, you! Yeah, but that was a big week for you. You'll be yeah. there back this week. Thirty hours this week, mate. Yes. Running. Yes. Yeah. So no worries. Yeah. So it's basically we're not. We're we're really going to struggle for news over the next little period because uh, there's basically nothing on.
0: No, there is not. But John, I'm sure we we'll we have to fill in the time. Okay. Well, Tim Heming sent through um, from the Sun. UK. He sent through uh, a little bit about what happened with Chrissy, and I actually went on and read her article about the whole situation. Right. Did you read it? No. Good. It was. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Spotties, isn't it? The Spotty's Award. You so tell me you read it. Okay, so the Spotty Award is basically, this is a bit of a wrap up, uh, is awards that's kind of like the big sporting awards in the, in the UK. And I think it's the BBC puts it on. And what happens is, it's one of those kind of voted upon things where they get you know, sports journalists and something like that. Now, again, I'm not, I haven't done my P's on this too much, so I can't say too much around how, it, how they choose, but this year it's been very controversial because they had 10 athletes they choose nominations Even for. Evan, are you sure winner. you're on the right path here? Yeah, I think this is a different award you're talking about. Oh, maybe she won the Spotty's then Yeah, are you sure? I'm pretty positive he's talking about. Uh, no, 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 no. I am right. Um, she's won the, the Sports Journalism Associ- Association's Excellent Performance, but the Spotties was the other award she didn't get nominated for. Okay, I'll let you go out on a. See what I'm doing here? You, okay. you don't, don't interrupt. I was on my flow, John. Okay, I'm sorry. I was like Flow Rider, like the rapper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so anyway. Ten athletes get um, nominated, and no female athlete got nominated. So it caused a big stir in the UK because people were saying, "Well, you know what? Why is it that no girls are?" And, and Chrissy was quite opinionated. Well, not opinionated, voiced her opinion on the subject, and she's got a really good post which I will actually put on a Dub I am me, which really kind of the thing is when you stuff up like that and you don't have any females, you got no argument, have you?
1: Well, if you if you had ten world champion athletes in there you probably got slightly better but if the sense sounds, sounds like the caliber of athletes was was high but they didn't win necessarily that many things so yeah well Andy Murray who won nothing mm. he won lots of tennis tournaments but he didn't win a major well,
0: tennis, yeah. sets, you know it's kind of like, you know, it's not the same yeah. but anyway the good news is Tim and his crew the Sports Journalism Association yep. they they picked her they, they're the smart ones they gave her an exceptional performance award so well done Tim Nice. We love you more than the BBC. Nice. Although we love BBC too. If they want to do an interview with us.
1: Anytime. time. <laughs> BBC One.
0: I think we should probably have a bit of a pause here and go interview yes. Marilyn. That's right. Um, we're back in the studios, John. Hot topic of the week. Oh, you're going to go crazy. We, we don't know we're we do an intro for the hot topic of the week. Oh, no, we do now. We do now. We just made it up right then. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's what was the hot topic last week? Oh, okay. It was a basic one, John. Because we are... Have a new podcast And you know what John I had a pretty. I had one of those proud moments in my life the other day Yes I have lots of proud moments okay, in my go life for it go Because I have like friends like you Great, go you for Tell us about and it And I went on iTunes And I Because I don't go on iTunes often to see how we're going But I Am Talk was the 10th overall podcast in sporting Which is pretty good you know, Really? Yeah Is yeah. that New Zealand or is that I don't know Yeah, just, we'll say worldwide Worldwide yeah. <laughs> Obviously <laughs> <laughs> But then Legends of the um, Triathlon, number one Really? Yeah, and then I went to the health and fitness section, and um, Fitness Paper was number one as well. Nice. So, two of the podcasts I do were number one, and this one here was number 10. And then Legends of Triathlon, and all of podcasts, Mm -hmm. not, not just in the categories, was top
1: 10. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: We're going places well, in the tell 90s. You what, John, but we've made it. Let's retire now. Yeah. Stop. We're on top. We've made so much <laughs> out of it. It's just, it's <laughs> worth retiring. Who wants to
0: buy it? The only way is down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sell out now. Is <laughs> that <our> out strategy? <laughs> uh-huh. Well, one thing we haven't got far, Legends of Triathlon, is an intro and outro. So last week in, in the discussion of the week, we asked you guys what you thought we could have for the intro and outro of the show.
1: Craig Brighthouse was going hard. He, <laughs> he
0: gave me one that I could hardly read. It was over it was a Donald
1: Rumsfeld one about taking the piss out of when he said all that stuff about the enemies we know and we don't know and the ones we know we don't know about and the ones we, yeah, we just don't confused. know about or whatever so uh, he, he went we he, he went hardcore John Hancock he was the originator he came out with the um, the first one which quite, we quite liked which was Victories Fade Legends Don't yeah I did I, like that one yeah I did I also pulled up Ehrlich uh, Flumes people did what they wanted Legends did what it took nice Matthew
0: Jones had uh, Athletes Become Iron Men Iron Become Legends Gary Smith they they came, they saw, they conquered Nice uh, Simone Allen Stay focused, stay strong you got Be more, a legend You got any more there you want to know? Do? Uh, I don't know, else so you did That's all I've got I've got, I, I picked out three Craig Brighthouse did quite a few And some of them are good Some of them, not so good <laughs> <laughs> So he's got information There's <laughs> knowledge Experience is the source of knowledge Welcome to Legends of Triathlon. So it was like an intro. Yes, we me yes, not give the intros. Yes. Like Kona sand, like Kona sand through the hourglass, so are the days of the Legends of Triathlon. <laughs> That's a deep like, Craig. Well, no, it was days of life. Remember, yeah. that? Remember that? So funny. Oh, can't early, say I ever watched Then he had the Donald Rumsfeld thing, and to be honest, it was a bit of a mission, so I'm not going to read that one. Every, uh, yeah, 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 every day, <laughs> this was a bit polite. this one. <laughs> every day triathletes die. Not every day triathletes live. Welcome to Legends of Triathlons. <laughs> so, so I was thinking that... I'm with the oh, no, I got the wrong, so I have to get the right. Every day triathletes die,
1: not every triathlete lives. Welcome to Legends of Triathlons. There you go. I was sort of thinking about bringing in... Um, John Hancock's one into the intro. I was thinking, victories fade, legends don't. You're listening to Legends of Triathlon with Coach John Newsom okay, and Kevin Jago. Okay. We'll that. I like that. I lock it in. Locked it in, John. But I was, I was struggling with the, with the um, the outro a little bit. I was, um, was kind of like what Ulrich said. Oh no, I did get another one through from someone. People what did what they said? wanted. Legends did what they took. It's not quite what I'm after, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking we could take peak, peak, little pieces out of that. So
0: we still. Well, then then I got one from Mark. Um, I mean Scott Markham, and he's got they
1: swam, they rode. They conquered.
0: They are the legends of triathlon.
1: I think that's a good one. We can, uh, we, can we, we we just need to do so a tweak a little tweak bit. It a little bit because we need to factor in that not all the people we're going to be talking to are going to be athletes. Some of them are going to be you know, administrators. So we, or, maybe the the, the four they
0: yeah. and we can well, maybe we can have variety with the show. Well, okay. when like if it's a, if it's an athlete, it can be that one. Yeah. And they, they go then they can go, we can have something like they. Oh no, it's hard when they're not an athlete.
1: Let's use that one this time around for, okay. the, for this week. So well, we can you, just say it anyway. You lock it in. Lock it in, here, okay. save okay. that. So, Mark, you get the outro, Mountain Snail gets the intro. Yep. And uh, we may change it just a little bit from time to time, depending on who we've got on the show.
0: Oh, nice. So, it's, it's, so there's, no, there's no rules, is there, John? No rules. We're making up the rules as we go along. That's right. We're crazy, like the government. Crazy cats. Yeah, we're
1: like the government. We don't listen to anyone. We just say what we want. <laughs> we do what we want? Next week is going to be our best of the year show. And yeah, it is going, it's going to be. Yep. So I was thinking, um, if you have got your one single memory from sort of triathlon in two thousand and eleven, let's do two, John. Two, okay. Your two a personal memory, yeah, and then a memory about the sport, yeah. And I'm sure Kona's is probably going to be a lot of
0: people's, but yeah. one of the things that you've liked about Ironman or no, triathlon? Just triathlon, I think, just triathlon in general, yeah, because we we're, were branching out. Yeah, I think we could do another podcast. John. My one's not going
1: to be around. I have another that. podcast okay. idea. Go for it. Well, no, we'll tell you afterwards because okay. someone might steal our idea. Okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> Mine's not Kona I've just put that out there now What when it comes to the When well, my memorable sort of Pro moment of the year Sort of what, what it will mem- right Oh on. you
0: got me thinking John
1: Okay Well you keep Mine thinking Mine probably is Kona Okay Because the only time I was actually At a race this year Okay
0: Are we going back to Kona next year John?
1: Um, people are asking me that at the weekend Uh we, we need know, to make a call cool because we need to start fundraising about now. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a, that's the thing. For us to go over there, great farm, We do some great stuff, but it's got to be uh, – it's, it's a week off where we don't earn any money. So yeah. that's, uh, that's a that's a bit of a driver for me. I'm not in this to make a fortune, yeah. but uh, when we have a week off and uh, a week away from the family, uh, there's got to be something there for me. So we're still negotiating with a few people around that. EG but I'm, I'm hopeful that we will be there. And, well, uh, we have to make a call in January because yep. we need to. We need to. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Yep, so –
0: Watch this space Watch this space And uh, if we do do it um, If you want to start donating now to, get, to maybe motivate us You can always go to our website <laughs> me And go to uh, Get us to Kona And that just helps to get us to Kona And then You know then you know, We can do great shows Like we did this year
1: Anyway Sponsor Extreme Endurance X. The Mountain Snail just notified me about this, and it was a post that Hal Tao um, made. And he's uh, been on the Extreme Endurance, and we've um, had a couple of things in from him in the past. But he did a little um, little test, you know, not ridiculously scientific test, but it's um, that's often when you get uh, you actually get some some better results. Sometimes the science side of things is not. Super real world But he basically went down And did a 5k are
2: you doubting science?
1: <laughs> five, he did a 5k um, Flat out time trial some, I think some sort of race That he does in, uh, in the UK And his time so far He went 16.55 16.54 16.58 Pretty consistent As an experiment I took extreme endurance For a week And then raced again And knocked out 16.31 On the exactly same course Changes like that Don't happen Just because you feel good On the day Something changes And it makes you faster so my first comment here is, how Tao, you do exceptionally well in racing relative to your 5K time, because if that's a flat course. Those <laughs> times aren't that quick relative to how fast you actually go in a triathlon. Um, now, so, now, John. So I'm, I'm giving him credit. I'm not, I'm not dissing him at all. I'm saying the fact that, he's, uh, that he goes so fast in Ironman with times that...
0: Yeah, but really, does your track? 5K time really matter in Ironman? Man? You know, like I know you look at, you know, Dick Daniels kind of theory and the V dot and all the rest of it, and you can go, well, if you do a 5K here, then you go, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you can sit on a,
1: a three hour pace at an Ironman and consistently do that. I think at the, the very, very high level, I think it really matters a lot. Um, at, at the World Championship top 10 sort of corner, I think it does matter quite a bit. But for guys who are most age groupers, it doesn't matter massively. But I think often doing racing helps your the mental game as much as it does a physical game, you know, learning that mental hardness of pushing, you know, to the limit for so you know, twenty minutes, I think that has a lot of cost. Tell you so what, John, they should be coming to my body tech class at the gym right now. Last no. night we had a class. We're
0: at this little gym because the earthquake We've got this temporary gym and normally our old gym has you can get two hundred people in the room, so it's a pretty yeah. big room. Or we have this small room which really should probably only get about seventy people in it. But on my Monday night class we get about ninety. And it is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously last night's class would be one of the hardest amount of we intensity of exercise I've ever done in my life. But we haven't even had that. It's not even been I that know. It was humid last night. Yeah, it was. And, and they've got no air conditioning. Nice. So it's a small room with 90 people in it, and they've got like seven fans just pushing the heat around. Honestly, there's like five minutes to go into class, and, and I I'm, was I'm, I'm, I'm digging deep, man. Seriously, <laughs> so I seriously, I'll go down as one of the top 10 hardest workouts I've ever done in my life. So if you are looking to take it to the next level you're in Christchurch, you body
1: Take Monday night with Bev. But if you you want to if you want to you up your, up your um, performance, extreme endurance, the way to go. You look at how tall. You know he knocked out. I need to take some of this for 20, my class next week. 23 seconds quicker. That is um, significant in five k, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's over a nice quick period. You know, if you if you do it over a uh, you know a six month period where you maybe specifically working on your running, going well, maybe my training performance. when you're just banging it out four in a row and. Uh, and Haltail's a pretty consistent athlete I'm sure he's pretty fit at all times of the year I think it's, um, it's pretty noteworthy And I've had a couple of local guys in Christchurch Who gave some of the sample packs we had in Kona And, uh, and now they're wanting to go on and order it um, Oh really? Who, who raced in the Auckland well, you know, But this is the fee that we always get isn't it? People are getting it,
0: they're just loving it So mm. you guys get on it, it's, it's one way that you can prove as an athlete So xendurance.com Use the code talk. Great work, okay, well, so we've got an interview of Marilyn McDonald here, and um you want to do a bit of an intro, John, or do you just want to put it on? I'll just put it on, because we did a bit of an intro when we, when we started talking to her. Okay, here's Mazza, I call him Mazza, <laughs> we're, we're that tight, Mazza and I, <laughs> you, you know, had all those years we trained together, probably trained for five times, <laughs> Mazza, here you go, here's Mazza.
1: Right, this week... We're heading into winter for a lot of Northern Hemisphere athletes. Summer for us. Look at that. It's a beautiful day outside, John. Beffin and I look outside. It's supposed to be 23 degrees centigrade today. Not a breath of wind, unlike yeah. the weekend. Beautiful. And uh, it's going to be a nice summer of training. But for you guys in the Northern Hemisphere, it's uh, winter time, and uh, a lot of you in the northern Northern Hemisphere are going to be stuck on the indoor trainer for copious amounts of time so this week's uh, topic brought to you by endurancecorner.com is sort of around about uh indoor training and uh and some sort of go-to workouts. Now, Bevan, I don't want you to lean back right now because I'm sort of putting my arm around the chair. Marilyn, you're trying to hug me. And we've got, <laughs> nice. we've got you Marilyn... You
3: can see the love is still there after all this time. It is. Two, yes, we're
1: very close. 289 shows and the love's still there. <laughs> so we've got Marilyn McDonald on from uh, Endurance Corner, and she's uh, an uber cyclist who has done plenty of uh, good things in Ironman. Ironman wins, and, uh, and has raced pro cycling as well. But I guess the biggest... Um, advantage she's got is she's been from Canada and had to train through um, some winters where you literally cannot get outside for training. So uh, welcome along, Marilyn. Thanks
3: for having me, guys. It's always
1: a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, we know you're you're not up in Canada these days at the moment. You've sort of got a nice little uh, off-season base where you can actually train a bit. But um, how did you manage to get through those, uh, those years when you were in Canada when you did have to train through the winter on the trainer?
3: Yeah, I've been really fortunate over the last number of years that Chris and I set up our lives so that we were able to hit a, a summer through the winter. So, I joke with my Canadian friends now that I wouldn't be hardy enough to withstand the winters anymore, but I can, I can definitely still, I mean, those kind of winters are burned in your in your mind and you remember how you know what it was like to train through them and and how tough they are. And of course, I work with a lot of athletes who are who are stuck in the winter. Um, pretty much, you know, October, November, right through till, you know, March, April, May, somewhere in there where they're on the trainer the whole time. And so I haven't forgotten what that's about and what that's like. Um, When I was in Calgary, I was really fortunate. I worked with groups that were head coaches. At that time, I was, you know, just starting out, but the coaches were of Olympic level and they worked with the track cycling group and the road cycling national level. So I got some Great exposure really, really early on on how to approach the winter properly. Um, I think you know one of the things that I like to talk about is you hear about people oh they spend three, four, or five hours on the trainer and they put a movie on, and they talk about how sore their butts are and all these things and I have to be completely honest that i I don't believe in that I don't believe in sitting on the trainer for four and five hours just spinning. I don't mm-hmm. think. That you come out of the winter really much further ahead. In fact, I, I really feel like that's almost, you know, without insulting anyone, a bit of a waste of time. Um, you know, I think for, for the winter, just like your summer and your um, racing blocks, and it, you should be approaching the winter with a very specific training plan. And what I like to do is set up the winter into, in progressive training blocks. So you have your race season you know the year ends. Um, you have a bit of a rest. Um, you start to look about. You know how you're going to go about the winter. You know you're going to be stuck inside. You might be focusing on a bit of swimming more, a bit of running more, a bit of cross training. Um, you might be starting to hit the gym a little bit. Um, looking at skate skiing options, snowshoeing options, these kinds of things. But it's not to say that we just leave the bike and wait till the roads dry up. Um, for for me, I like to look at it as these progressive blocks and. You know, you look at, there's the high cadence sessions is where I like to start, and that's developing the neuromuscular, learning to pedal quicker, learning to pedal smoother, doing the one-legged drills into a pyramid of high cadence stuff where the resistance is very low, the heart rate is very low, and you're really working on learning to pedal quick and smooth. Um, You might do a block of that. You know, you might do eight to ten sessions spread out over three to four weeks of that along with all your other training. And then you move into you know the next block, which to me the next block might be some strength endurance stuff, where you start you know at three minute, move up to five minute, ten minute, twenty minute increments, where you're working on the low cadence, sport specific strength. You might um, you know do a gym session first, and then jump right on the trainer and and really crank out the big gears and do a block of that. Um, and then again. like Sorry, go so ahead. just
1: to take it back a step, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, the high cadence work, um, can you give us some sort of examples there of um, what sort of uh, a main set might look like and what sort of cadences people should be looking at? And I also think maybe, you know, um, rather than saying, I don't know, should it be 100 RPM, if, if somebody's current cadence is 85, I mean, should it be, yeah, what, what are sort of some of the high, high guess, cadence yeah. sessions yeah. Would, would work?
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, everyone comes from different backgrounds. If you like, when I rode at the Olympic Training Center with the track cyclists, a high cadence pyramid for them would go up to 180 cadence on the rollers. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, to me, again, it should be your goal to do the high cadence sessions on the rollers, um, and that's a that's a skill learned in itself. So some people have never even ridden the rollers. So if you think you've got your, you know, you've got your trainer, maybe you've got your copy trainer. Um, and then the next piece of equipment to help develop your, your cycling skills would be buy a set of rollers. You're not going to be able to balance your pedal strokes. going to have to be smooth. Um, so you get on the rollers. That's the best place for a high cadence session. You mm-hmm. might start out on the trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So for most triathletes, most triathletes don't, don't have the ability to pedal quickly and smoothly. Um, we spend a lot of time on the road, mashing out big gears. Um, and so to me, the winter time's is a, a great time to develop that on the rollers, um, and so you might start at, you know, what's your base cadence that you normally ride at. If someone says, "Oh, I, I range a cadence of eighty-five for an Ironman," you say, "Okay, you start one minute at eighty-five, one minute off, one minute at ninety-five, one minute off, one minute at a hundred, or and then up to a hundred 105, and then up to 110, and then work your way back down the pyramid.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then, of course, up to someone who's maybe quite experienced, I think as a triathlete, you know, you if you can pedal for two minutes at 130 cadence with no bouncing on the set of rollers as a triathlete, you have a pretty good pedal stroke, um,
2: mm-hmm. and you
3: have very quick neuromuscular development. And I think, you know, reaching above that, you're starting to look at, you know, being a sprinter on the road, or a BMX rider, or track cycling type <laughs> specific stuff. So, you know, to me, if you're looking, okay, even if you get up to a pyramid of 115 from you know 85 up to 115 and back down, that's going to be a successful block as a triathlete. Well, well, just
0: for a lot of people listening, they probably don't understand why it is important to have to do this kind of work. Why? Why? Why would a triathlete want to focus on developing this skill set?
3: You know. Bike riding, getting faster on on the road, sure, putting a number of miles in and getting fit. But then there comes a point where you can only get so fit from riding a lot. And then eventually the volume caps out and you start to get slow just from volume. And you need to learn um, at developing the full range as an athlete. And so like anything, like in running or swimming, you do strides or you might do some faster work. One of two things is going to make you bike faster. Um, either pedal quicker or you push a bigger gear, but if you can learn to pedal quicker with a bigger gear, you know, you're going to move faster. That's just simple math. So first you have to develop the ability to pedal quickly, smoothly. And so we start that with the high cadence stuff. Um, you know, smoothing out the pedal stroke, learning whether you're able to handle your bike, um, on the rollers, all these kinds of developmental things are going to help you be a better cyclist um, rather than just say, oh, I'm just going to ride my bike more. Um, You know, we cap out sometimes that volume in the spring. You know, when you're looking into your summer races, might be the time that you're going to be hitting a lot of volume. So now might be the time that you scrape it right back to the bones and say, let's look at all the, you know, all the developmental phases of my cycling and see what I can work on. And I think learning to have a quick, um, you know smooth pedal stroke is really going
1: to help that when, when you talk about the rollers um some people firstly might not even know what rollers are but it's basically there's, there's no resistance um when, when you're next to no resistance when you're riding on them but can you give people if people somebody's going to go out there and and buy a set of rollers um they're they're not easy things to ride at all no Uh, and dangerous (laughs) have you got some some tips for for people who are are first starting out on rollers on on maybe a little bit of progression on on how to do that you know in terms of getting somebody to to stand there and help them and uh and any other tips you might have yeah uh
3: rollers yeah, exactly. You can get rollers that have resistance just like a trainer where you can change it. But most rollers and when you start out, absolutely no resistance on them. They're hard enough on their own. Um and so the way that I learned is, you know, if you if you set yourself up in almost in a doorway and even have a chair there. So you, you get on and you have something to hang on to and as you first start to learn how to pedal on them, you can easily lean against one wall or the other. Um, you know, set yourself up for if you lose your balance, something something to grab onto. Making sure the set the rollers are set up properly so that you know the the front roller is directly underneath your front tire. You know that's important. Mm-hmm. So you, um, you know, there's always instructions with the when, when they come so that you set it up properly. And I think yeah, the biggest thing is just setting yourself up in a doorway, mm-hmm. or and and making sure that you know it's okay. You probably are going to fall off maybe once or twice. Um, but if you set yourself up so you have something to grab onto and hang onto while you first learn, that's, I mean, just like when you ride on the road, you'll get, you'll get the hang of it pretty quick.
1: I think one thing that people don't um, factor in when they do rollers as well is the skill development and how that impacts on people's cycling because um, a lot of people when they're on the bike they're always just either consciously or subconsciously just a little bit nervous and that just tenses them up ever so slightly and I think if they can do some work on the rollers they'll become a more confident um, cyclist, more balanced cyclist and so when they're actually out there in a race situation you know if a bit of wind comes up or if um, just conditions aren't ideal they'll be a bit more confident in then be able to actually just focus on, on, you know, the power output rather than worrying about sort of staying upright as well.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I try and encourage all my athletes, the better your skills are overall as a cyclist, the faster you're going to go, the faster you can corner, the better you can handle your bike, the better you descend. And the idea of the ride in a triathlon is to go your fastest with the least amount of energy so you're able to run. I Mm. mean, that's the whole idea of a bike ride for triathletes. People talk about the amount of watts that they hold over um, An Ironman, and I like to say, How many, how many, how fast did you go for the least amount of watts? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's free speed and corners and descending and, and all these skills. You know, even more, more advanced athletes in the fall I encourage them to take up cyclocross, mountain biking, all these things that, you know, before they are stuck inside, that they are able to, you know, develop skills outside of track on, really challenge themselves skill wise and learn what that's all about and and then when they get on the traveling bike and and just have to time trial on a straight line they you know they're sort of one up on their competition that they can take the corner a little faster they can move in and out of you know there's large crowds now in, in all these ironman races being able to move in and out of the aid stations confidently with 500 people in the way yeah. um, all these things are going to help people get through their ironman safer faster with less energy
1: um, and so you, you talk about um, that sort of high cadence period and then sort of moving into the sort of the more strength phase. Again, can you give us some sort of guidance there around um, what sort of cadence is uh, is advisable and what you need to be careful of when, when you're doing that? And uh, yeah, just talk us through a couple, of, a couple of those sort of sessions.
3: Yeah, so I think, I mean, like I said, the high cadence is the first step, first block through the winter that I like to address. And then the next... Um, I mean, and everyone has their different view on what what blocks that they might want to progress to next or when. But in my mind, I think the next block from the high cadence is to add in the big gear. Um, and big gear stuff, um, a good range that I think is good to target is 60 to 65 RPM. Hmm. Um, you start to get lower than 60 RPM, you're risking some lower back problems, some... Knee problems, so you want to be really confident in your strength if you're starting to get into a gear or resistance on your trainer. Now, opposite to the high cadence stuff, strength endurance sets are best done on the trainer Mm -hmm. because you're able to increase the tension on the trainer. You know, I like to encourage people to do do them in their aero bars so that they're not having you know your upper body's nice and still. You're absolutely able to perfect. Staying very still, very strong, stable in your hips, strong in your legs, Um, you know, and it's just as much torque and strength as you can push without moving the upper body or wiggling the hips around. Um, And just, you know, 60 to 65 RPM, you might start out at, you know, two minutes. So you might do something like eight minutes to 10 minutes total worth of work broken up. So maybe five by two minutes or something like that on equal rest. That could be a good starting point for someone who's never done it. Mm-hmm. um very sport specific strength, and then you might work your way all the way up to where you're doing thirty minutes worth of work um you could break it up in the end to um you know six by five on ninety seconds recovery and that's you know that's probably a bit more advanced mm-hmm. um or even as as far as two by twenty um with a with a ten minute recovery on there but those are sessions that I think are once you've you know taken the time to develop and and work through that. To me, the sport-specific strength. Um, a lot of people don't have time to be in the gym as well as everything else, so this is a really important block for a triathlete. You know, our event is a strength endurance event, and I think developing this, you know, this part of your cycling is really important for a triathlete. And it, you know, when you do this kind of a session on a trainer as well, and, and do it really accurately where you're in your aero bars. You're not moving around, you start to find where your weaknesses are is my right leg weaker is my left leg weaker is my position comfortable enough I'm able to hold this Um, you, know, you start to find those kinds of weaknesses and imbalances again, you can even like I like to address every trainer session with a good warm up um, some single legged pedaling drills you know these are all things that you can do indoors that you can't do you can't do outdoors um Single leg.
1: Everybody loves a little bit of single leg. Yeah,
3: that stuff. You know, it really. By the time I did this stuff all winter, and then I would come down to Christchurch and hit the road, and and Melina smash would smash us all five, five hours, and I would be like, no problem. And so the, I think the the myth is that you need to spend five hours on the trainer to ride five hours outside. And I just, like I said in the beginning, I I don't believe in that. I believe in these, you know, very specific building blocks and development blocks in the full range of your fitness to get you prepared to be on the road to do those miles. And from, you know, like I say, from, um, from the strength block, you might move into a, a tempo block where you're doing a little bit longer sets, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 minutes at tempo. Now your cadence is more starting to work towards your race cadence. You're in your race position. Um, you're breaking up. Anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes worth of work, Um, you know, whether it's four by 10 minutes or something like that, where RPMs, you're, you know, 70, 80 percent of your of your threshold and you're just working at a good tempo, um, you know, and just getting the cadence right around that 85 to 95 RPM on, on half rest. And to me, after the strength stuff, that's where you work into that. Nice. And then just to, just to move you right along, once you've done a block of that, you might get into a bit of a VO2 type block where you're doing um, 90 to 95% of your of your max and you're doing, you know, a minute 30 to three minute efforts on double rest. And then once you've gone through all of those blocks, before you know it, you're on the road. It's spring and it's time to come out in the spring and you, you know, you've worked the full range and you hit the road really strong and ready to log into those miles and then you're into your race season. Um, you know, to me, to go and spend five hours on the trainer at a heart rate 100, watching a bunch of movies all winter, when you have, hit out on the spring, under the road, you still have a lot of holes and a lot of weaknesses before, you know, that now you have to address on the road before you even hit your race season. Um,
1: I think that's, that's just, I think what you're saying there is, is really good because if you're structuring the season the way that you, you've sort of suggested you're off-season, you know, you spend about four, maybe five weeks on each sort of level, and that's just long enough that you're not going to get sick of it, but you're going to get used to it. You know, the first week or two, you might be just figuring it out, and then you've got three weeks of consistent work, and then you um, move on to the next phase. So it's a good way of, of keeping the interest level going over winter as well.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, you can do things like as you're doing these, you can add in, you know, bricks, um, like I say, supplementing it with snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, some bricks where you do a little run off the bike on the treadmill, um, You might do a gym session first and then hit, you know, one of these sessions. So there's all kinds of ways to keep it really interesting through the winter without, you know, feeling like one more trainer session. You know, it's really, really key that your environment is good. We used to, like I say, we used to have these group sessions where there would be, what was really good about it, you'd have 30 people of all different abilities. I was just starting out and I could ride with people who were professional cyclists. And even professional or Olympic level track cyclists, which, you know, normally on the road, you're not going to get to ride with those kind of people because they're going to drop you and you're going to be a half an hour behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Whereas now, all winter long, you have, you know, if you set up good music, you have a structured workout plan, you have, let's say, a group of people that meet in a place where it's good environment, there's fans, this you know, the ventilation is really good in the place. Um, you're all highly motivated, you're there, you're there for a very focused, you know, two hours, up to, you know, 90 minutes up to three hours, I wouldn't say more than, I think, a max is three hours, and you're all there, and you, you know, all of a sudden you get your beginners able to ride and interact with up to professional level riders over an entire winter, and I think, you know, when you when you set up environments like that, you, you, you're almost more mo- motivated than, you know doing it on the road by yourself all summer.
0: Yeah, totally. What, what are some crazy stories you've heard about guys who are guys with girls in indoor trainer sessions that you've heard over the years? I, I once heard a story of a guy who did a 10 hour session in front of a white wall.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. Some good ones.
3: It's funny because endurance sport always attracts the characters. That's for sure. So we all have, <laughs> we all have the stories where someone spent, you know, I have my own crazy, my own crazy stories. Of course, we're all a little bit like that. Where you've spent, you know, five hours going going on the trainer. And I think, you know, I think back to that, what did I really get out of that, you know? And and over years, you figure out what you, you know, which sessions you really got something out of. And that's where I've come up with this recipe. But yeah, you know, you, you hear it all the time. The, the most common one is someone plunks in two, three movies and they're on the trainer for six hours. And I always do think that's crazy. But at the same time, my first question is, that's crazy what did you get out of it (laughs) you're sitting there six hours with your heart rate at 100 i don't know that you might have been but you know it's it's a crazy story but i don't know how how good now one of the crazy things that i think is pretty awesome if you um youtube there's some like track cyclists that you can watch on the rollers and there's a few of them where they're you know you think that it's in fast forward they're pedaling so high it's it's in real time because the cyclist behind them and the coach is all moving in real time but their pedal stroke is like way above 200 for a minute and you're just like that is amazing and so to me that's more something like that I'm like wow that's crazy but that's you know that's amazing cycling right there not you know the the long drawn out I didn't really get anything out of it
0: type stuff so i suppose i suppose one of the things that people can think about doing is that before they get into the winter time you know let's like sit down with a coach and actually sit down and, and set up a plan because you really are talking to objectives of period time periods here that are working you towards coming out of winter as a stronger athlete and so i think it's important for athletes you know we kind of just think that training is the key but to actually sit down before winter comes around and, and set a plan in place that you can be successful with it yeah you know
3: that's i mean that's to me, that's taking, whether it's the coach's job or you're doing it on your own, that's taking responsibility for your goals. You set out a set of goals, and if you just sit through the winter going, you know, I'm just going to do a bunch of random sessions and watch a bunch of movies on the trainer, you're not really taking responsibility for saying, hey, what are my weaknesses? Um, there's no races for the next six months. How am I going to address these and really work on them so that I come out of the winter stronger and – you know, that much further ahead and able to say, yeah, I'm confident now I can hit my, you know, my base miles on the road and then hit my target sessions to get into my races and be stronger and and hit those goals. Um, You know, it's goals aren't achieved by accident. There has to be some kind of plan through the winter, you know, to to, to get there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, but that's definitely like you say sit down with your coach or sit down yourself and and look through the weeks and the months and say this is when my first race is going to be and I need to work backwards from there.
1: So what's been happening in the world of uh, Chris and Marilyn McDonald in an Endurance Corner? We got any uh, updates any I mean you last time we spoke you were getting back into a bit of tri racing yourself.
3: Yeah, um working through EC has been fantastic and if you're and you know I wanted to mention as well there's with our articles on EC we post a lot of these workouts I write them actually work write out a lot of these workouts in articles and they're posted in there so you can go onto the EC site and and find a lot of these sessions that I was talking about for you um there's going to be of course our spring camp in March you can go on the EC site and um you know look that up and come come and train with us so hopefully you've done your work through the winter and by the time you Come see us in March. I've, I've got to interrupt. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. We're just on the endurancecorner.com website and we, we, we may. Great have, website. We, we may have Sensational, dis, but... disassociate ourselves with this carry on. There's Gordo on there and a pair of bloody speedos and a treadmill oh, or something? No. Like so uh oh, no. No. Yeah. sorry we, we, was we'll it? forgive
3: him for that just because he's a good guy but yeah. i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I, think I, guess, I
3: think his goal is to be 70 and still able to wear the, the tiniest speedo in the world or something yeah. <laughs> so he's,
1: he's on the path let's put it that way yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. i mean uh, know, uh,
3: chris and i we you know we we had a great year and i did the did the triathlons again this year and that was it was fantastic it was good to be back out there um chris had a great year racing he had some great results. Um and now we've just had a little bit of we've had our little bit of a break. His his last race was Cozumel, which was unfortunate. He um, ran into a volunteer and crashed and so wasn't able to oh. finish there. But um, you know, he had a great year, so that's
1: maybe you, I sh- maybe you should spend you should, a bit I more think time. if
3: you race enough eventually something happens. So that was that was an unfortunate way to end the season, but that's all right. Um, Maybe he so needs to cuddle- spend some
1: more time on the rollers to, to practice yeah, his bike
3: skills. exactly. He <laughs> might have been able to avoid that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's
3: the one guy who can ride the rollers in his aero bars. So right. We can't even give him any stick about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, so um, so the camp you've
3: got, what, what is it, March? Yeah. Um, if you go onto the Endurance Corner website, there's the link where it says Connect With Us and Camps. And right there is the, you know, the dates and, you know, how you can sign up and all that if you're interested in coming and training with us. Um, and nice. that spring camp is, is great as far as starting to log some of those miles. And like I say, you know, if, you, if you've gone through these blocks on the train or through, through the winter, you're going to come to a camp like that and feel, feel strong and confident to, to, you know, boost your miles up over a week, no problem.
1: Nice. Sounds really so great. So if anybody wants to find out those details, as Marilyn was saying, that there's a huge amount of library information on there with uh, workouts and lots of things from different contributors. Uh, so a lot of stuff Great on website. There. So endurancecorner.com. And uh, thank you very much, Marilyn. And we'll be get you back on sometime in 2012. Sounds
3: good. Thanks so much for having me, guys.
1: You guys have a great Christmas.
3: Yeah, you too. And enjoy the summer.
0: Yeah,
1: bring it on. Talk to you soon. Thanks. What do you think of the interview of Mazza? Mazza. She's, she's pretty good, form. eh? On form. Yeah, she was Totally shut. agree that breaking your, your winter into blocks is, is the way to go. And, I think uh, she brings up – I think the, uh, one of the overall points of that, that talk that she has there is
0: that a lot of people just think training is the goal. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I probably could guarantee at least 50% of people who listen to this, maybe even more, just don't have any objectives to their sessions. It's mm-hmm. get out, think longer, and you know, time on the bike is the goal. And while you know, time on the bike is an important aspect as an athlete to move forward – you need objectives. You need to be working towards blocks of times where
1: you're actually trying to achieve big things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing she was saying about the long trainer sessions, John. Is, look, I've got things to do. Bevan. What, I, we can handle can be, a bit. Of, we can handle it? a bit of beeping. We can handle uh, a bit of beeping. Man, um, years we've been doing this. I think number one podcast, John. <laughs> long sessions on the trainer are fine, but as she said, you've got to have a bit of an objective on there. You know, to do. A, I've got guys who, who go on the trainer for. Five, six, seven hours. Seven hours but on a trainer. As long as, as long as they're sticking to, you know, power output, and there's actually something they're trying to achieve. But if you are sitting there spinning for seven hours watching a movie, not going to get a huge amount. I once of did four hours, oh.
0: and I have so much respect for people who can do that stuff because, it, yeah. But the thing is, I remember Melina always goes, "You know what? Some guys have no option. It's you know, it's all you can mm. do if you want to do the sport." So, and they're probably listening to us right now. So, good on
1: you. But yeah. you know, so much respect because I found that pretty tough. We had a few guys posting on uh, Facebook about what what they do. Uh, one common theme that came up was uh, Sufferfest. I know yeah, we, no, we they actually the sent us through a video. Mm-hmm. I, I,
0: they actually gave me a link to download one. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, so what they do is they, they basically create videos of cycle racing, and they're based around events or something like that, mm-hmm. but then they have the clock next to it as well, and then, then they'll have intense sections. So it's a really good visual way you can put on your laptop or on
1: your TV, yeah. get in front of a trainer and actually get a really good quality session. Yeah. Like, I really liked it. It was
2: really cool.
0: good.
1: nice work. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had Tom Malone, he says his go-to session is two times 20 minutes at FTP so FTP is your functional threshold which is around about your hour, um, hour time trial effort Nice. Joshua Crabb, he got on there and actually posted a workout so if you want to check that out it's good but he's got uh, his sort of go-to winter and um, summer workout, his summer workout is sort of going five minutes half Ironman effort, five minute Olympic effort, um, then five minute half Ironman effort, and then uh, five minutes rest, and he repeats that through a few times, and then his winter one, he likes to mix it up a bit between doing some uh, some two minutes of Olympic effort at uh, 80 RPM, then two minutes standing, standing on the trainer is always hard. Um, yeah, two minutes, and looking for the bike. No, very careful, very careful <laughs> yeah. the bike. Two minutes on a zero bars, and then two minutes recovery, he repeats that sort of back-to-back four times. Um, and so if you want to check that workout go on there what else do we also have it is just on there when it comes to the bike if you do have an old bike you know because with mm. carbon
0: fiber bikes nowadays you careful yeah you to be really careful in the winter and if you're standing mm. up and swinging your body around it's gonna
1: could do damage your bike i've got about three frames in my garage if anybody wants to buy any there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna give them away just buy them <laughs> yeah buy them <laughs> um Duke, derek bell says eight minutes FTP, four minutes easy um, I'm about to sneeze Bevan, so carry on. Chris
0: Leach, he's got the, uh, the Electric Threshold Ladder from T Tor uh, W. You know, I don't even know where that is. Um, while watching
1: WT, w, uh, ITU sessions, basically. Yes, that's what we want to do watch ITU, but action. Action, injection. So there you go. If you want to see some of those workouts, go onto our Facebook page and uh, check them out. Thank you, Marilyn, for coming on the show. Mazza. Maserati.
0: Oh, nice. See, we're taking it to the next level, John. There you go. Sponsor. Ethlinks. Yeah. You've got the, the
1: FAQs, John. Well, I was just on the – I don't know why, how this page I can't up. believe we've never brought this up. And we haven't? Yeah. So it was, it was sort of the contact page, but then on there it had FAQs. So if you've ever got any things you need to just um, – How do I change my password? Whatever. Um, they've got their – basically on their contact page is basically the 10 most commonly asked questions. So save yourself typing an email and saving somebody at the other end typing your reply. Check that out if you've got any questions about Athlinks And this is the time to get everything updated It's end of the year, you've done all your races They probably should be up on Athlinks by this stage um, Get on there, claim them And then we're, over the next um, period We're going to have a look at a few of the IM Talk listeners, we're going to go in If you join our group on Athlinks um, We're going to go in there and we're just going to start highlighting A few of our listeners and, Ooh, uh, and what, what they've been up to
0: So we've got things like How do you how do you change your password How do you change your email address, username Just kind of, you know, some things you may not have been on Athlinks for a while but you want to go put a latest result in and you can't remember your password
1: stuff like that questions that they get asked a lot but it just makes it easy for you to know what's happening it's Athlinks.com also noticed when I was on there the other day they've got the Amino Vital um, around the outside of the page so always well, give your sponsors a bit of love by clicking on things and one other thing I just want to say is um, you know, about supporting our sponsors is um, because I've had my um, triathlon festival at the weekend it is just so critical that you support the sponsors yeah. um, you might not always be um, you know you might not Need, have a need to go and get coffee right here right now but just often the acknowledgement of sponsors makes a really big difference so that, that they know that people do um, appreciate their support of the show um like going on their facebook page just saying things like we had our prize giving at the, the christchurch casino and um people coming and saying oh yeah i haven't been in here for like I think I've only even been in here once or twice before, and I said, "Well, just go on, go on their, their Facebook page or their website. Give them that little bit of feedback." So I came along with the prize game. I haven't been there for years. Just little things like that make yeah. the sponsor feel like they're actually getting something out of it, even if you are not directly going to buy some extreme endurance right now or, or whatever. Um, but just some, giving them feedback and giving them attention uh, means they're going to keep supporting the show, which means we keep going. <laughs> thing with athletes you know because they're
0: they're like you know a social media company who are always trying to improve is that to actually give them feedback on your experience around what they are doing mm-hmm. you know like any company they're doing lots and lots of good things but I'm sure they've got some areas they want to improve on and to give them some feedback around from the athlete would probably be really valuable for them so if you are you know just if you're on athletes sometimes just flick them an email and just say hey here's what we, lo- what we love what you're doing maybe you, you know if you have feel there is anything they can improve on, you go there but it's a great place just to, to kind of store your athletic world isn't it yes. great place and it makes it. makes Easy to keep results And they show you Some really interesting Dynamics around What you've been doing For your races And stuff like that So And and to be honest The best thing you can do Is every time you do a race The first thing you do When you get home Is just go on Log into Athlinks Put your result in there And then it's there forever And you won't regret it As your, exactly. your sporting career Goes on John Exactly Athlinks.com Music Bevan Let's see us having any music The whole show yet yeah. No okay Well let's put some Legend music on eh Yep Okay here we go Do you know Jeporno, The legends
1: of the triathlon music I think I did. Well done, porno. Yeah. I'm going to give it. Um, yeah, I did. Know that something yes, else i, I, also, <laughs> I, I also got to remember, but I only half remembered it, so I didn't want to spit it out. What, what was it? I'll tell you later. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay, well, when I'm putting
1: music on, you can tell yeah.
0: me. They weren't, but they won't know they'll be angry at you. That's all right. We'll give them a plug later. Sure. I've got a funny story. Someone was angry at me at the end of the show, John. Mm. Yep, me? Uh, no, I don't think it was you. Okay. I'll <laughs> <laughs> tell you later. <laughs> That music before, Jumbo?
2: No. Oh. Oh, 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 oh.
0: Intro, yeah. intro, what's oh, yeah. the
1: intro? John's History Lesson. Yeah, that's, we never used that music before. Yes. Was,
0: yes, and that was dramatic.
1: Now, Bevan, do you know what was significant about the 1994
0: Hawaii Ironman? Well, I, I probably could say a couple of things, but I don't want to pull on your parade. Well, I just want to know if people know this fact that I'm about to pull out. Well, well, maybe it was the fact that David Scott got second.
1: That was one interesting fact. Maybe it was the fact that Greg Welch won? Yes, that was also interesting. And what was significant about Greg Welch's win?
0: Well, I, I, I don't want to put on your parade. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that means he won everything.
1: No. Oh. no, it does. Well, he, he has
0: won a lot. Well, while you're but, doing the history lesson, John, what I'm going to do, you're going to talk us through the history lesson. I'm going to come up with facts about 1984 that will take us back to the time. 1994. That
1: time too. <laughs> yes. So what happened in 1994, and why it was such a significant year at the Hawaii Ironman, it was obviously the World Championships, but it was the first year that a non-American won the Ironman. Oh, really? mm mm-hmm. And haven't won many since. Uh, there's been a few. Tim
0: DeBoom. Uh, he's American. <laughs> you know, so I'm saying who... You know, there hasn't been that many
1: Americans. Yes, I'm oh, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'd say he would. Well, no, since then, Mark Allen won some more titles after that, but I would think you'd be right that Tinder Moon's the only other American to have won. Because uh, prior to 1994, we had the, the sort of the Big Four era. In yeah. um, uh, 1994, Mark Allen had won a few titles because he'd uh, started his winning in 1989. Uh, and prior to that, you know, Dave Scott had won whatever, six or so, um, Mark Allen, uh, Scott Tinley had a few, Scott Molina had a few, um, then you had sort of the early guys, I don't recall all of their names, but basically, no non-American had ever won it. And uh, Gre- just, just before we start, John, there are a couple of little facts here that I want to inform mm-hmm. people. You 1994, f-
0: Shin List, best Oscar. Oh, okay. Yep, right. yep, yep, yep. James Bond, it was the Golden Eye movie that came out that year. That was a good one. Star Trek Next Generation's final instalment was, was that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, famous actor John Candy. Died March the 4th Lisa Marie Presley And Michael Jackson Got married Yes And then There was a weird marriage That one Yes But at that time Around that time They got married in August And then This lastly
1: Elton John and the Rolling Stones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So right. here you go. It's back to the '94. I meant so. Um, prior to that, you know, it had been or You had really had Mark Allen who was just dominating the dojo and for, those for few the years. Scott. And he, yeah, he didn't race in '94. I don't know why not. Um, but anyway, Greg Welsh had been knocking on the door a little bit. He'd uh, he'd had his first race there in 1989, and he'd got third, and then he had a fifth and a second and a sixth, and then he didn't race in '93 for whatever reason, or I don't know if he raced or DNF. It or was, was interesting. Okay, well, I was
0: the year I did Kona 2004, he got inducted into The Hall of Fame and he did a speech And um, And it was Interesting because, the, you know, they get the few people Up beforehand, and if there was any feedback That you got from Welchie was that he wasn't Really a 100% committed athlete, or he was a little bit Self-destructive, mm-hmm. so that they were saying I think it was uh, Paula and Newby Fraser was saying How he'd stay up, you know, till One in the morning watching TV bit and a race mode. Well not even that, just, you know, mm. wouldn't necessarily Wasn't the most disciplined athlete, you know, you look at Remember when class was really hardcore He'd, you know, 7, 8.30 at night you it say, well, I need to go to bed, you know, and just that real hardcore, do everything to be a successful athlete. And I think
1: Welchie was more, you know, a bit of a casual dude and was just kind of enjoyed competing. Mm. What was interesting about the race, though, as well, is um, Welchie didn't didn't go to the front straight away, you know, he, he, had, he was always a very good swimmer because he was uh, an ITU athlete as well, um, ITU distance athlete. So he came out and did a 50 minute swim. Um, Which was the fastest but, swim of the day? Well, well, fastest in the top ten yeah, by the look yeah. of it. Um, and then he rode four forty one, which was um, which is quite a slow bike time. So I'm wondering if it was um, rough conditions that especially year. in comparison to nowadays. Yeah, but but when you look down the top ten, all the guys you know um, were were not that quick. You know, Jeff Devlin was in third and he did four thirty four, and Jurgen Zech did four thirty five. So he was only six minutes off one of the best cyclists has ever been over there. And then he ran a two forty eight fifty, and so his finish time was eight twenty twenty seven, which is not ridiculously quick over there. But then the other interesting thing about 94 was Dave Scott, at the age of 40, was making his comeback. And the
0: fascinating thing about looking at Dave Scott's time, so Dave Scott came in at second and in a time of, so Greg Welch won in 8.20, mm-hmm. and then Dave came in at 8.24. Now what's fascinating is that he had a pretty
1: slow run time for himself. Well, what was interesting is he, he faded Oh, did um, he? So he, he chased, it he? That's what was happening. They must have come off the bike very from, from because I've watched the race several times before. I think they came off the bike very close, but I don't think they were ever running shoulder to shoulder, I don't think. Yep. But what had happened is Dave Scott, for, I remember for a long time, he was just sitting just behind Welchie, you know, maybe. So Welchie 50, was in the lead at the stage? He, he, well, he was, he or they were was always going to catch the guys He was, run, guys. Yeah, he yep. was running it was always race, yep. And the race And uh, from what I remember about the race Is he, Dave Scott was just sitting That an annoying distance behind Maybe 50 metres Maybe 100 metres yep. And Welchie turned around quite a few times Looking at him And he just wasn't dropping And then eventually this, the, 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 the rubber band did break And so whilst it looks like We, we don't always look at results, Macker. We, we often look at the, the race yeah. Because uh, whilst it was a four minute victory It was certainly a lot tighter than that at No, times. but I, th- I think if you look at Dave Scott Got, historically,
0: you know, he got down to a, a, a 241 in Kona. Mm. So, I wonder if he looked back at that race and he was gutted that he, you know, because that's 12 minutes slower. And I know he's 40, so it's a different kind of time in his career. Yeah, but he yeah, going into the race, you know, Dave's always pretty good at talking himself up. He probably would have thought he would have run closer to a
1: 245, which would have been yeah. enough to win. Yeah, and what, but an exceptional performance oh. at, at 40. Um, and at 42, he came second. back and got fifth, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, that year, that year. He had a, a bad bike yeah. And then he did have a blitzing run Yeah So he came through So maybe he just put a bit more energy in on the bike And I wonder uh, how much he looks back
0: run. You know Because history wise If he got that 7th win at, f-
1: at 40 Yeah if he got that 7th win So it was uh, So it really was uh, As I said in the intro It was a watershed moment It, it sort of Broke the barrier down. Mark Allen uh, did come back and get some more titles. He wasn't racing that year. Well, I don't, he may have started, I don't know. Um, but then you had the Germans. You had uh, Hal Regal um, won a title. And you had um, Van Laird came through and won a couple of titles. And then you had Peter Reed as well. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the... So it's Brakes interesting.
2: Of the
0: names in the top ten, oh, Ken Klar, he got ninth.
1: Yeah, well, Ken I think was he, he was either first off the bike that year. I remember that, or he was uh, second. Maybe he was with Eugen Zach coming off the bike. But that was Ken's big opportunity. He, he could have won that race. He only ran a three twelve. Was he traditionally a pretty good runner? Was he? Well, pretty pretty handy. And you know, if he'd run a sort of two fifty, that takes off twenty two minutes off his time, and that would have had yeah, him the win. winning, yeah. winning the race. So if he'd run a you know, low two fifties, he would have been uh, right in the mix. Both our leader, both but... our leader was probably one of the greatest guys not to win the race along. With Jürgen Zack Who was in fourth Jeff Devlin Who was a Jew athlete swam, heard of swam 58 minutes And still managed To get himself up Into third But rode up. like
0: a legend At four thirty-four. 4.34 yep. And you know saw He saw only ran
1: three hours Or 2.59 But yeah Obviously he was pretty mean On the bike Jürgen Zack was fourth Olaf Shabustus Was in uh, was in fifth At the age of 23 Both wow. our leader Sixth Frank Haldorn He was uh, a Dutch guy And he was only 25 He was So seventh. was this the first period Of time where the, the, the European athletes Really started to come over No they were starting To come in before that the, yeah. Early yeah, 90s, was the the Germans were really starting to to make a bit of a mark prior to that yep yep uh, Jean Moreau um, from Belgium never never heard of him but he was in uh, eighth Ken Glar was ninth and Hideo, oh, who's beeping now? Eh, I'm not. I'm buzzing because I turned it off. John <laughs> I don't uh, hear the buzz. Hideo Miyazaka from Japan was in tenth place. Don't see many Japanese Iron Men these days who are not of high top, level. Top, eh? top guns. yeah, They're no, quite not, good at ITU. Just, I can't think of a, 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 a Japanese
0: athlete in the top ten in a long time. Japanese girls at ITU are very strong. Very strong. Okay, so, so what, 1994. Then you've got the Ironman, the Ironman World Champs. What's it? Well, bit
1: that, about? I, I think that was the, the other bit here that. Um, we Did you pre- find some website, John? No, no, I didn't. Know. I was actually doing a little bit of searching this morning. This was on uh, com, I think it was. and he's, is he yeah. a website, is he? It was pretty old, I think. It uh, <laughs> hasn't been updated for years. Um, but what... But often when you get these people that move into sort of commentary positions, you know, I think Paul Huddle is in a similar position. He's had lots of top tens in Kona, so outstanding athlete. But Greg Welsh is somebody we need to get on the Legends Show. Now he was a little bit mean to me in Kona, so he's not my best friend. But we should probably still we should. He, build- I
0: think he tried to rectify it afterwards. I think people must have said to him. Look, you How did, did he rectify? He came it? up to us. How are you guys going? Did he? Yeah, God, you, 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 you blanked him out after that, John. Okay,
2: well, I he, don't recall that. He was a
0: bit mean to us, but yeah. then afterwards, I think people said, "Oh, mate, you may be a bit of a dork then." And he came up to us and he was a little bit nice to us and he was trying to create some rapport, John. I'm going to build a bridge,
1: Bevan. I'll build, build a bridge. bridge. Be the better person, John. And That's and what At some stage, we will get him on the show because he is one of the few people that crossed all races. All so, okay. So
0: I'm world champion in 2004. Uh, I tell you, world since 1994, world, oh, it's 1994. Uh, world champion. 1990 for the ITU distance World duathlon champ 1993 uh, World long course champ 1996 Two times world uh, Ironman champion and then he won the natu- Nature Games. i just put that in there because na- <laughs> it? it's it's 1997 he won the World Nature Games. I think you have to do it nude yeah. and then uh, he won a- got bronze so he didn't get a medal at games but Commonwealth Games. Bonds. Yeah, they weren't
1: really round but that's okay. The Commonwealth Games. Trial, they did it in wasn't? Auckland. It was a demonstration sport. Aaron oh. Baker won the guys, and uh, Rick Wells won the girls. Uh, oh. Rick Ron won, Rick Wells <laughs> won the guys. So it was in New Zealand, and we, we took both the medals. But he—that's uh, just a few of his wins. He was also, you know, he won um, or, or did was often winning on like the, 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 the super, super sprint races in Australia. Um, so he really did cover all distances. And he was, he's, a, he's a really small guy. He just had the really fast leg turnovers, good swimmer, um, but really you know, probably doesn't quite get the credit that he deserves um, for, for just the accomplishments he had over all distances. So we'll get him on the legend show at some stage. Just as long as he's nice to us. Oh, time. he'll love us. Lastly, John, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, Tonya Harding. So
0: 1994, there you go, so that's nice. a pretty important
1: fact. Whipside oh. of the week. I've actually called it web page. Oh, I know, I <laughs> saw that what happened there? Well, because when I was doing my research for, for this morning just on um, on Welshie, uh, this page came up, and I haven't actually got it in front of me. I but it was just It was just cool. It basically has, um, is it the top 20, or just 25 well,
0: well, I think what, what it is is that when Bob Abbott must have gone over and done some work in the Australian Ironman for... Um, inspired by Benson's Australian Ironman squad, and so Bob Bevan came up with the twenty-five.
1: No, that's his book. It's a book that's come out. It was a twenty-five so years it's of X-trex, Ironman. X-trex, yeah, from and this. this is just some extracts from it's twenty-five it. points of the twenty-five men. Yes, yes, yeah. So, <laughs> <And> um, <men. laughs> so it's just a, a link we can put. Re- read out a couple, Bevan. Okay, well, short ones. Nineteen ninety-four. Greg Welch caught <laughs> Clint uh, eight miles into the run. There you go. Oh, I watched right. I said,
0: nice bike ride. <laughs> Remembers Welch. Kenny said. Where well, that's where the race begins. So, <laughs> um, what happens? was this is all that kind of stuff, but it's quite cool. Laurie Bowden came into the two thousand nineteen ninety seven Ironman race of a three hundred one, half marathon in Ironman Canada. The result: junking her... who. For a low mileage coaching anyway.
1: Great, that was that was a highlighted website. But give me your bloody computer so I can no, no,
0: get okay. out. Okay. Um, in nineteen ninety two Julie Moss came off the bike with an eighteen minute lead and then Wart crawled and collapsed at the finish line. It was courageous, dramatic, and unbelievable. It also changed man forever. It told viewers that IMM wasn't about winning, it was about getting to the finish line.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> You're you picking go. out the crack,
0: ones.
2: <laughs> give
1: us, give us give us one more. A good one. A good one. <laughs> After swimming and
0: riding beside the Lord of the Lava in two, 1997. And not I met, the bloody Iron Man War again. No, it was 1999. 89. 89, sorry. <laughs> I'm on both my days. Okay, after swimming and riding beside the Lord of the Lava in the no, 18, 1987 Iron Man a World Championship, Mark Allen assist. I know my body well enough not to go too hard. Ran. Off for a 4 minute 30 lead Which he held to the 16 minute mile mark But at a 20 mile, 2 mile mark Dave Scott flew by In the record 6th win Nice 1998 was when Melina won it, wasn't it? Yes Which is just a history lesson today, isn't it? Well, it's history lesson number 2 Melina, I remember talking about it And he was, he was just relieved he won that one yeah. <laughs> Okay then, so uh, there we go Sponsor awesome.
1: Well, coffees of Hawaii we talk- Are we doing a hotel show here? Well I thought so because um, he's done his testing of extreme endurance <laughs> well, Albert, he's done the same kind of testing with- Albert, I think we need to get him some coffee So he can do some, some testing on some more 5Ks And he should do three without coffee And then the fourth one is this, something you, is, this a, is this a test you've made up? Yeah, the fourth one He goes out there And has uh, coffee How much coffee I remember when I did my study you had to, they did, We
0: talked about caffeine and, and how much you need It's a lot of coffee you need If you want to get A performance announcement Oh no, it's not that much No, no You, you need to have A big strong cup of coffee A no, really strong yeah, one No, it's more than that If you want to no. Because the idea is that What happens is Like I'm sure If you get a bit of An energy boost But the idea is That you can use caffeine Because what it does Is it uses your fat stores first And you can use it to use your fat source first before you actually use carbohydrate or your glucose, glycogen source. But as a stimulant, it's a
1: stimulant. Yeah, but as a stimulant, but
0: if you wanted to do it that way, and they gave us the formula, and it was a lot of coffee.
1: Yeah, but I I think uh, we'll get somebody on to talk about that again at some stage because uh, coffee is a. Stimulant and, and taking caffeine um, during the race Is going to help your performance So how tell, if pop Albert an email Say I tried to hook you up and uh, I, this around this. I know we're going off, off, off the sponsor thing here For people doing, you know You
0: use your caffeine, you use your coke When you're doing the Ironman or something like that Do you, do you recommend not having caffeine the week before
1: it? Or, so you're having a bit of a depletion mm, so you can get the buzz from it? There's different theories on that, and we want to get an expert who's done There's, there's research out there, and I don't have it in, stored oh, in, on. You should have done your P's. Like, well, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a P. You didn't give it to me as a P. <laughs> well, you should have. So, uh, we'll get somebody to talk on, on about You're all on the, the Book the, of the Knowledge, question, John. Because there's different protocols to use. We'll get somebody on here to talk about that. But one thing I did think about having is. Uh, You've got your caffeinated um, gels you can sort of be taking through. You've got your coffee tablets. Um, but for people that like iced coffee, oh, whether, nice. whether having um, some iced coffee in your special needs bag or tea too or something, might be a good idea. For yeah, just do for you getting, think it'll still be iced by the time you've got the tea two. Well, maybe not in Kona, but if you have one of those frozen ones, you know, there's, there's, there's always a way, Bevan, there's always a way.
0: So As you always so. Might compromise a bit of time. You well, Put on it right? a jug,
2: you know, get the jug iced coffee.
1: We're talking. here <laughs> um, So if you put it in cone it'll be nice and hot by the time you get off. It'll be fine. So gift giving—it's time for gift giving with coffees of why you probably still just got time. out of imagine. I'm going to pick a gift, John. John. You keep talking, but I'm going to the website right now. If you want things shipped quickly, j- can, can you get the internet, internet cards? Cards? now? You try
0: to get the internet nowadays. Ah, uh, your internet's crap. Well, no, it's your computer. Oh, well,
1: hold on. Well, I I'm on the
0: we'll, gift. Here we we'll go. No, Holiday no, gift tins, John. Yes. Nice. You can get gift cards. You can get gift tins. You can get canoe club gift tins. You nice. get three. You can get. and what they do, which is really cool, is you can go for the variety gift tin, three island gift tin, you can go for island style gift tin. You can even go for pick your own gift tin. Um,
1: have they still got the Chrissy Coffee on there, Bevan?
0: Um, Chrissy Coffee. Oh, yes,
1: they have. Yes, they have. So, support yep. Chrissy. Support get Chrissy, on because she
0: is the the Journalist Associations champion. Thanks to Tim. Thank you, Tim. So, thank you, Tim. Uh, what are you getting that website working? I'm just uh, having a look now. What's your silly password? Um, Bevan loves Joe. God, that's, pathetic. <laughs> <And> that's so <laughs> pathetic. It's not. It's true, John. When you love your partner, they say you should use passwords that it remind you of things that you know in your life. And I know I love John.
2: Oh, oh John. dear.
0: I know <laughs> I, I love. Put you. H, I love you as well. H
1: and an N on the end of that password. That's right, <laughs> Did it work? Y- your neighbours. It's. This is going to be a long show today, today mate. Diagnose a problem Cannot keep connect to Some well, skin you too You might tell me
0: by a Mac John oh, yeah. You know what I'm selling my My old laptop there You can get that one You oh. going to trade me This week
1: Okay then uh, There we go co- Coffees so- of Y Remember the past co- uh, The codes Go to imtalk.me Click on the Coffees of Y Logo if you want The codes And all the codes Are up there
0: And if you are Going by the Christy Cross fee, Some of the money Goes to the Blazeman Foundation So roll over The finish line mm-hmm. See what there
1: so where are we going? Are we need an age group of the week this week, or we've we got plenty of time? What um, are we at? We've
0: been going 45 minutes. We've got 25
1: of was Sweet. We'll save this age group. but We need to save our content for one day. Okay.
0: Okay. Ooh, okay, Belle. We're going to do it soon. Yes. Yes. Okay, Questions cool.
1: Questions and answers i will just chuck the couple in here Okay, Mark Cleanhouse um, He popped us an email saying He is updated he, We interviewed him a, a long time ago Do you know what John no, I obviously don't read your show notes Because you know, I literally copy and pasted that same one Straight after the one you've here given go. me Bevan does his piece <laughs> um, He was a guy who's done a lot of doubles And triples and deckers And all that sort of stuff His website is ironmate.co.uk And he's updated his Iron Man tattoos So he goes around the world Taking pictures of people's um, M dot tattoos and stuff. So you can go on there. Um, if you do ironmate.co.uk slash gallery underscore eight dot htm, that's the actual website. And uh one interesting stat he said about himself, he did uh, Iron Man New Zealand in nineteen eighty nine and eleven fifty nine. Twenty two years later he did Iron Man in eleven thirty two. So he got quicker and he was fifty years old. But he uh yeah, there's some crazy ass um, tattoos on there.
0: Yeah, I'm to just, be honest, the tattoo's honest. not my thing, but oh, I, you know no, no. it's an individual thing, and, and yeah. you know, like I have nothing against people who have them. Some of them are cool, man. Some people have some cool tattoos, and then some people probably should have paid a bit more money. <laughs> 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 just that. <Yeah. laughs> Funny, I'm on Jordan Rapsford's site because he's doing his Bikes for Africa thing, isn't he? It's Bikes for Africa or Bikes for something. Like World America. Charity Bikes Cycle Relief, and he's a big yep. advocate on it. And I, I highly recommend you go to Jordan Rappi because he's a good thinker. But he's actually reading a book I've been reading right now, The Black Swan, which is a fascinating book. And it kind of basically says that we don't never believe predictions. But um, he does his bike for Africa thing. And so if you want to go on there, and, and um, Jordan, you need to sort out your website because it's not really clear exactly where you go to do the Bikes for Africa thing. So, But go on there and do it anyway. Well, basically, if you've got old
1: bikes, well, if you like, you go to, for example, if you've got three frames sitting in your garage, you know maybe you want to give one to the kids in Africa. Go to slowtwitch.com as well, and um, there's, I remember seeing a link in the top right corner of the effort as well. The guys at True Motion are supporting with that as well, so if you want to get a t-shirt, you can check it out, and they're some money to that.
0: So, um, but Jordan, Jordan, let me send us a link, Jordan, because I'd love to support you with this one, because I know a lot of us athletes have old gear just sitting in the garage, which you have intention of doing something with one day, but it never actually gets used and. You could put it to good use somewhere So Jordan send us for a link And we'll give you some Bevan might there. like to organise A New Zealand um, wing of uh, of doing this Are for you giving New me a hard Zealand. time here John? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get a container Are you giving me a hard way? time? Yeah, yeah, yeah because you're the organiser yeah. I'm the talker So that's what we'll do <laughs> 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 okay, uh, I know, I know there's, there's two frames right now <laughs> <We> no, <it's, laughs>
1: There's an old Cannondale And there's a genius And uh, why, don't you, why don't you sell them why don't you get rid of them? Because they're pretty beat up <laughs> oh, Are they? <laughs> They're they perfectly fine but why don't you chuck them then? Oh, they've got sentimental value <laughs> Oh really? Cannondale beat Peter Reynolds and <laughs> Phuket In whatever 98 or 99 What you could do Is just chop it up Like the frame Or the top
0: You know The head part of the frame oh, and get it made into a framed frame. It wouldn't be so good for the kids in Africa
1: if it didn't have a top tube. Hey, they'll make it work,
0: they're innovative.
1: <laughs> okay, then. anyway, so that's uh, pretty much questions and answers. I'll, top to, I'll chop the down tube out and then it'll be like one of those um, bouncy that's bikes. That's right, what was it? it? Melina had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Titan right. Titan flex. And those, <laughs> I was going to say a joke that wouldn't actually go down
0: too well, so <laughs> I won't do that. Anyway, um, sponsor Coffees of
1: Hawaii.com, Athlinks.com, and Extreme Endurance. Well, do and I normally say something after each um, other. Oh, well.
0: There you go, you, you go, do it again.
1: Coffees of Hawaii. Um, Chrissy. Ethnix.com.
0: Uh, FAQs. In Extreme Endurance. Um, Hotel. Okay. See, that's how we roll, John. Here we go. Okay, John, so last weekend, there was a big event happening in Christchurch. All of Christchurch were talking about it, seriously. It was big time. I was working with, um, I've given him a name, yep. Kung Fu Cam. Kung Fu Cam. Yeah, and DJ BJ were on the microphones at the, the House of Travel Festival of
1: Triathlon. Triathlon festival That'd be Is it
0: Yeah oh, I called a festival Of triathlon all day <laughs> Doesn't
1: matter <laughs> You mentioned house travel That's the main thing um, It was uh, It would really expose What, what expose was the one downfall Of the day John It was windy <laughs> It was and windy And that caused like me Some headaches um, The day before <laughs> the race And the days leading well I had, I had a couple of headaches That week Firstly, I had my bad back Did you get your period um, yeah, well, basically. It's not. It's getting a little bit better, but it's still pretty bad. Um, and then on Thursday, I was like chundering and everything. I was not well. I was dizzy. I was in bed. And you what know, was trying it like? To, poison, food poisoning or something? Something like that. It was, it was just I was <laughs> nuked, and uh, this is not good. When did you, you have to a plane B? Not really. Oh, no. So it was like don't really have much option. I've just got to have a little lie down and then I've got to get on with things again, have a little lie down and get on with things. And then, uh, yeah, it was ex- we've had an exceptionally windy day. As we look out the window today, I cannot see a, <laughs> Today's leaf. a, perfect I cannot see a leaf moving out there. Um, so if it was today, <laughs> it would have been no It deal. would have been sensational because I really pitched this event as um, getting out there in a festival and uh, stick around afterwards and you can set up a tent, you can have a barbecue and a few people were trying to do that. But it was just windy and it was a pain in the ass. Um, so that caused me a lot of headaches trying to organise the race um, in terms of setup. We couldn't do as much setup on Fridays as yeah. we like. We had these massive big blue 70 boys to put in the swim course. We couldn't put them out because they were just blown away. Things were away. It was everywhere. crazy windy. It wasn't just a little bit windy, it was mm. crazy windy. So it was, it was a bit of pain. But having said that, saying that, yeah, it was still the great race event. came off really, really well. Um, lots of things for me to work on in terms of making it better. But uh, everybody seemed to. Oh, be I thought a you be had a really... great job. Man. I, thought, I thought it was really good. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah. Was... There's a lot of events. It's a big flow of events. You know, you start off at eight thirty, and we have basically six events yeah, start between eight thirty and eleven thirty. But it seems to work really well. You have a fairly nice flow. Again, few things to work on. Um, but the elite race that, that I that I came up with seemed to work really well. Like the 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 hardcore triathletes that are there, you know, club members and stuff. They were just. All over it like a rash They were saying This is awesome um, So what you did
0: What John did Is he, he created a different format And he's talked about it On the show before But it was really great You had a 350 metre swim Followed by a 10k bike Followed by a 2.5k run But they had to do it twice So mm-hmm. And they had a handicapped start So they had a 5 minute gap Between the guys And the girls Or the girls went off first And the yep. guys went off second it was a fascinating
1: race It was great And the good thing is It's because it was multi lap You saw them coming past On the bike It was 2 laps of 5k And on the run It's only 1 lap around the lake But you can see them yeah, the for it, the the a large pass the great it's a great location
0: for a race because, as a spectator, there's a probably about three or four minutes on the bike when you miss them on the lap, mm. and on the run, there's probably about two or three minutes where you don't see them on the run. But the rest of the race, pretty much, you see the race the whole
1: time, standing mm. in the same spot. And uh, and this, the athletes were, were absolutely loving it as well. They just said it was great to have a bit of variety. It was close racing, and the, they could hear everything going on. We're on the far side of the lake because the way we have the sound system set up, they can hear all the commentary oh, could they? and figure out the gaps and things oh, like really? that. Was so they good were to hear. they were loving that and. Uh, Prize money was, was reasonable for them So they, they
0: were happy with that as well. well What was interesting So what happened in the race um, It was a five minute start from the girls And Nikki Samuels is one of our top female athletes mm-hmm. Who's likely to get to the Olympics mm-hmm. Or got a good chance of getting to the Olympics um, She pretty much was dominating She had a Dutch girl with her for a while yep. But by the time they got around to the second lap She you know dropped her on the bike And you kind of thought it's going to be pretty close, and you kind of thought coming out of the second swim that the boys were going to catch you, because they had a pack of four five boys coming out of the swim, mm-hmm. and if they worked well together, they were easily going to catch you. But
1: what happened? Well, then one of the guys – well, there's two that were just in front of them, but one of them crashed. So one guy was just um, isolated by himself, so it was sort of – a and ended up being a bit of a one-on-one contest. And the other guys sort of splintered a bit on the run, so then whilst they did come together on the bike, it was, it was a bit – all over the place. They didn't work
0: together. That was a problem. On the second lap on the run, There's four a bunch of four cyclists, Oh, footies. Yeah, nice. I cut all in <laughs> footsie today. Um, and I told you I love you. <laughs>
1: but um, the, the second lap. They should have easily been able to catch up But they didn't work together Yeah, because I think they were split to start with And then they came together And then the one guy crashed And um, so, yeah, it, it just panned out perfectly So coming off the bike Nicky Samuels basically had a one minute lead On the first guy And then there was about another 30 seconds All the other girls were out of it by that stage There was another 30 seconds back to the pack of four And, um, and so one minute over two and a half k's so No, it wasn't, I checked It wasn't? No, you sure? Yeah, positive Well, okay, I'm wrong Yeah <laughs> Yeah <laughs> um, And so it was going to be interesting. One minute over two and a half Ks. The guy that was um, coming off, he was a French athlete. He's... um not a world championship sort of series, not amazing level, but um, but still pretty handy. Oh, and he got off the bike and he beat himself sprinted. up, man. He was going hardcore. Yeah, so he just went for it, and, uh, go and for he got about out, a K to go, didn't he? Yeah, well, it was about. I measured it out on, on GPS. It was about six hundred meters to go, six fifty meters to go. He caught Nicky Samuels, so it was it was perfect um, in terms. Of, well, not quite perfect, but very close to perfect in terms of my handicapping. Well, that's, that was the interesting thing. It would have been interesting because if he hadn't have done his thing. People
0: would have thought, oh, he gave it too much of a handicap, mm. but it was actually because the other athletes didn't take the risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? He took a
1: risk and made him win the race, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so the handicap was actually perfect. Because Nicky Samuels came across the line second. Um, had I made it five minutes thirty, you know, those two might have been sprinting it out at the finishing shoot but Yeah. About, but, you know, next year we'll But we'll even then, talking also.
0: to Nicky post-race, he said, oh, maybe I should have gone harder on the first ride. Mm. So, you know, everyone plays the
1: game, don't they? But it was really cool. It was just something a bit different, and uh, athletes enjoyed it, spectators enjoyed it, and... Uh, yeah, all in all. Funny story. Crepe, any, anyone wedding. funny story? Um, slightly funny story. Second year in a row, uh, John Ellis from Muscles Inc. If you want yep. a massage in Christchurch, go check out John. Um, he's one of the sponsors. He gives uh, you know, about eight prizes each year and a variety of different things. Last year, he won his own prize. <laughs> 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 he won the wetsuit. He won the wetsuit down at the Bloody Lake Hood race. Oh, did he? Was yeah. he there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice yeah, work. Yeah, he got the Blue 70 wetsuit. Nice. And then this year, again, he got second in his age group and won his prize again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he gets his own message, let's not going with you, John. So he's won his own prize two years in a row. Oh, so insane. I gave him some own but um, <laughs> but it was, it was good. Okay. Yeah. Any, any other course? Um What else happened? Uh, no, I was just running around. I um, can't think of anything off the top of my head. Kitty, if you have kids that want to do a triathlon... And so we had a we had a kids race and it was not, we had two categories we had 9 to 11 and and 12 to 13 and we broke it into four waves we had about 80 kids uh, 80 or 90 90 I think kids started um, but if you're going to do an open water swim, make sure your kids go out there and actually practice because they had to. They pulled out about fifteen kids out of the water. It was a hundred and fifty metre swim, but it was pretty much along depth. the shore, wasn't it? Yeah, but they're out of their depth. And uh, all our kids in the in our tri program that we'd been out there three weeks in a row practicing, they were you know it was still hard for them, yeah, but they, they were, got they're okay. But if your kids are going to do a race for how, Geez, make sure they go out there and, and practice on the course, and they're okay swimming in the open water. If it's a pool, different story. They can hold on to the lane rope, but it must be really disappointing for the kids if they get pulled out of the swim. You know, and that's, a, a and that's the
0: downfalls. We don't want to make feel kids feel like failures. Mm. You know, especially you know if it's the first time trying to try on they get pulled out of the water. And they, do they go on with the race? No. Oh,
1: you should. Just... Oh, I don't. I don't know. It I, I, was just a feedback I got from the surf lifeguards afterwards. Yeah. And uh, one thing that did, another funny thing that happened was uh, in the the teams race. Um, that, so that's a swimmer, a biker, and a runner. Some students were doing it, and uh, clearly underprepared swimmer, and he didn't finish the swim. And like all the all the um, all the teams uh, are or um, just about out on the course, and they, they came and said, "Oh, I couldn't finish the swim, can my mates carry on with the race?" And I was like, "Oh, just wait till they're all finished the swim, and then you carry on." <laughs> it was like oh, Just got to get people involved Yeah totally Yes. Yeah. So There's it was good times about. And you and Cam Did an outstanding job Keeping the Oh uh, Cam's a good guy We uh, had Cam Harper there Legendary If you want to get A, a race commentator In New Zealand uh, He is well worth it And him and Bevan Were fantastic And that's a big part Of the day Is if you don't have Good MCs um, Sure it still would have Been an interesting race But you certainly Don't build the hype And uh Good sound system. It is worth investing in yeah, a good sound so system. Good sound day. Day. Yeah, because so the
0: music is your atmosphere. Yeah, you know, if you don't yeah. have good music. Yeah, and you see that, like, we went down to the Melbourne race a couple of weeks ago, and they had a really good setup, but they're playing like bloody eighty slow music. Mm. And it was like, where's the atmosphere? You need, you need. Party pop music, basically yep. You know, people yeah. music Everyone knows it, Uplifted, upbeat And yeah, it was, so, it was good um, So John I had a moral dilemma Coming yes. home from the race Yes So I'm coming home from the race And now this may even be A listener of the show So, so a listener of the show Might be a little bit annoyed at me, John hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going down, so the race is about half hour out of town? About 20 k's, 30 k's out of town? Yep, yep. yep. And you go down the highway or freeway. Yep. What do you call that in New Zealand? Highway? Dual carriageway. <laughs> dual carriageway. For a couple of k's. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's a, there's two lanes. And the road, what's the speed limit in New Zealand? 100. Okay, so you can probably go... You should, probably should know that, Bevan. You, you can go up to about 110 if you can't. Well, 100 is a limit. It's not a target. Well, it's okay, a that, thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm driving home and I've got the two lanes and someone from the race and you may be listening right now and I'm sure you probably don't like me right now. They were right up my butt and there's two lanes up right butts. up my butt, John. And I'm going 109 because I figure you don't get a ticket up to 110. Right. So I'm figuring well, I'm going fast enough. Give you know, no, give me a citizens arrest on you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm figuring you know, come on, fair enough. And, and, and literally, the old two second rule. I felt like doing the old touch the brake thing. Oh, I do that. Yeah, I felt like doing it, but uh, I thought no, don't you know, because if it crashes into me, because if they crash into you, it's actually your fault if you touch the brake. Right. So, I thought, no, don't do it, don't be an idiot, be the better person. But they just wouldn't get up. And if you're listening, you know who you are. I was in the Audi, okay? I was in the grey Audi. What sort of car were they in? Oh, I can't remember, actually. I think it was Lexus like Subaru Had a bike on the back, they definitely came from the race. So, what happened was, they were up my butt, but they weren't overtaking me as well. And there was a bit of a period of time where they could have gone around me, overtaking <laughs> me. And then what happened was, there was a bit of a truck up in front of me going yeah. about 90k's, John, in the yeah. left lane beside me. So, you know what I did? I rode up so to the that. truck and just sat beside the truck <laughs> the whole way They're doing the lights, they're doing their horn at me And I just did it the whole way And we even pulled up at the lights Like eventually, <laughs> eventually we came off And the lights and I just was like chewing my chewing gum Giving the eyes up <laughs> we Went nice. on So I just, you know, moral victory for the, the good person Oh, it's the, the wheelie bin We do that every right. week, John yep, yep. <laughs> So yeah, did I do the wrong thing there, John?
1: No, no, no. Yeah. There was There's a bit life. of tension as well, I could tell. There's uh life's you don't need to be somewhere within thirty seconds, you know, if you go hundred it's just it's not. Well like they were they were on like the two
0: point five second rule.
1: Yeah. Only a fool breaks the 2, second, two rule. second rule Yeah.
0: So yeah, they were. Yeah. So four. if you listen to this show and you're mad at me, it's your own fault. That's right. Don't travel so close and don't speed. Yes. What's happening, Bevan, this week? Uh this week, John. Um Um Christmas. Christmas. Shows on who Christmas shopping? Yeah. I haven't done mine. We've got all ours sorted. Great. Just about. And other than that, John, not much really. Gonna go and. Actually, this week's my last week of work, really. Next week I get quietened down, which is really good. I'm looking forward to that. And then we're going camping. Porno and the crew are going camping, so bring it on. Nice. Yourself? I've got to start running
1: this week as my mission. Chichi, you've got a marathon in like a month. (laughs) Maybe six weeks. I'll be right. No. Today's the 10th. It's on the 16th, isn't it? around about then.
2: You've got a
0: month. Oh you right. Is that where you're running this week? You're still organising the
1: post race stuff. No, I've, I've got everything covered. Got everything covered. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Okay, me. wait a second, what time do you think you're gonna do there? I did um, I did two forty two. No I'm not gonna go that fast. I'm gonna be oh you probably all No I won't. Uh <laughs> I do, oh, I won't. I'm gonna basically all I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go out uh, sitting at four minute Ks for the first lap and then just see what's in the tank the second Key week. to that race is good technique on your downhill.
0: Because mm-hmm. the, the uphills are kind of steep and short, but the mm-hmm. downhills go for everything so and make some good time yeah. up.
1: Can't see myself running 242, but I can see myself running sub 250. But I'm probably, yeah, I'm not going to be looking for lifetime bests there. Okay. Auckland well. Marathon next year. Going to take it's out Albert? Yep. 235? Yep. I'm a little concerned because we're interviewing Erin Baker tomorrow night and, uh, and I think she's got a PB of 234. Oh, Baker would smash you, even
0: nowadays. Right now, she would. If you and Baker had a race, yeah. you'd go. Oh, I'd crap on that, John. You i about that <laughs> anyway. I'm Ross. Oh, I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.